king of Israel. Anybody know what that king's name was? David. Do you know that David was the youngest of, Saul, of, of Jesse's sons? Not only that, he was only a, a teenager and a ruddy young man, and he was smaller than all the rest. So when, Saul, when Samuel went there, he didn't know which, pers- which son that God wanted him to choose. And so they brought the sons of Jesse in, tall, handsome, strong, oldest on down. And the first one would come, and God said, nope. Second one came, nope. Third came, nope. Fourth, nope. Fifth, nope. Sixth, nope. David was still with the sheep. And Samuel says to Jesse, isn't there any other son? Because none of these are are God's anointed. And they went and they found David, and they brought him. And immediately the Spirit said to Samuel, this is the man that I want you to anoint. And you know what the, the verse in Samuel says about that, that moment? It's in 1 Samuel 16, 7. And this is what the verse says. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. And that was the older ones. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks where? At the heart. Amen? So the question of integrity really is solved here, not just here. It's really solved or it's decided with your heart. And it's your heart before God that should be causing you to live a life of integrity. Um, another young man, by the way, from Genesis chapter 38 and 39, shows great integrity, and his name was Joseph. You know the story? Of, how many know the story of Joseph? Let me see out there, see if there are a few of you. All right, Joseph was one of the 12 sons of, of Jacob, and he was chosen by Jacob to be one of his favorite, which irritated the other brothers. And they decided that they were going to get rid of this one, and they sold him into slavery in Egypt. And he ended up in the house of Potiphar. And Potiphar was the man in charge of Pharaoh's guards, or his bodyguards. So he had a very high position. And David began to be a servant in his house, and God so anointed everything that David did that it wasn't long before it says Potiphar put everything that he owned under David. Under, under, sorry, under Joseph's stewardship or because he was so much a young man of integrity and so much a man that God was blessing in all that he did. Potiphar said, it says Potiphar didn't worry about anything in his whole household except the food that he ate. Now, what do you know about most people who only worry about the food that they eat? they probably end up putting on a little weight. (laughs) Amen? I mean, he only ate the finest food, only what he wanted, and he ate all that he wanted. The rest he all left under David's command. Now, Potiphar's wife was not saved, and she started noticing her husband's getting older and fatter, and David's looking better and better. I mean, Joseph's looking better and better. Amen? It says Joseph was a young man, and fine shape, handsome man, and very much in charge of everything and, and running everything and taking, he took care of all her needs as, a, as the woman of the household. 
And it wasn't long before she decided, you know what, I want, there's a need I really want him to take care of besides the ones he's taken care of. And she tried to get Joseph to compromise himself and have a physical relationship with her. And you know what, Dave, or Joseph's response, boy, I keep, keep doing that. Joseph's response to her was, no, how shall I sin against God or against my master? He's entrusted all in this household to me, including you. How could I do such a thing and then violate my integrity? Isn't that awesome? A young, young man taken away from his own uh, culture, his own family, his own responsibilities under the law or under God as far as someone holding him accountable. He's in another country all by himself, given authority and power and position. And his number one concern is that his heart is right before God and that he's a man of integrity. Isn't that awesome? I mean, if a young man that age can do it with God's anointing and help, how about us? Amen? We have no excuse. Not only that, we have Jesus Christ and we have the abiding Holy Spirit in us. And we have every opportunity and every provision to live a life of integrity that reflects the character of God, not only in our own home, but in our community, in our house, in our, in our um, church, and in our life with one another. Amen? You see, God never asks you to do anything. He doesn't provide you the ability to do. He, does, he never asks you to do anything. He won't empower you to be able to do. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's the kind of God and kind of Father that I am delighted to be a son of and to want to serve. Well, everyone faces integrity tests. Do you know where you face them? I just kind of said that where? At home? Are you a person of integrity with your family? If you make a promise, do you follow through? How important is that? To be a person of integrity. Do you have time for them? Do you show them how valuable and important they are? If correction is needed, do you come down hard and harsh? Or are you a person who instructs with grace, mercy, and love, like your Heavenly Father? That's a, ma- that's a matter of integrity, how you treat one another, even in your own home. Amen? How about at work? What does the Bible say about our work? Do everything that you do, how? As unto the Lord. You see, your employer is paying you a wage to do a job. And if you misuse the employer's time, resources, steal from them, taking what, pens, paper, it doesn't matter what you do as far as what you take. It's the principle of the matter. It's a matter of integrity. Amen? So where does integrity count? It counts in the home. It counts in the workplace. You know it counts at church? Do you think God has anything of integrity for you to do around here? How you treat one another? Whether you love one another as Christ has loved the church. Amen? How about in your witness? You see, our integrity before God says this. Father, 
I will give myself to you and live according to what you have called me to be and to do. Otherwise, all I want from God is my eternal salvation and security and then his blessing, but I have no obligation and no integrity in my response to what God has provided for me. And so here at, here at Faith Chapel, I'm not trying to guilt trip you. I'm trying to invite you to realize, you know what? How we respond to God has everything to do with integrity. Has everything to do with integrity. Amen? Now, he's called us to be his witnesses. And guess what he says? Don't worry about what you're going to say. Just have my personal presence with you. And, and I will manifest my presence through your words, through your attitudes through your integrity, through your love, and through your care for the lost. Amen? So integrity is, uh, first of all, how God measures our heart toward him. Secondly, it's a a person of integrity trusts God and does what's right, even if it hurts. Thirdly, integrity is foundational to intimacy with God and our testimony to man. Fourth, God delights to restore those who repent and return to him. Most of us are, have, that are churchgoers have heard the story of David, Bathsheba, and Uriah the Hittite. It all happened that David, while Uriah was away with the army, David stayed home, and it says he was up on the top of his house, and he noticed a young woman bathing on another roof not far away, and His flesh stirred him up, and he decided that he wanted to meet that woman and actually even have her for his own. And they brought her to him, even though he found out that it was Uriah's wife, and Uriah was one of his 400 mighty men, by the way, one of his inner circle of ninjas, bodyguards, powerful men. He decided that his desire for this woman was more important than his integrity in his relationship with Uriah and with God. And he sinned with her. She then found out she was pregnant and let him know. So he said, you know what, I'll cover it up. I'll call Uriah back from the, from the front lines. And he called Uriah back and he gave him gifts and he, and he treated him royally. And, and he said, now, Uriah... Now that you're home, why don't you go home and, and spend the night with your wife as a gift, as, an, as a blessing from your king? And Uriah turned to David and said, how could I possibly do such a thing when my fellow soldiers are out there on the battle line? I will not do such a thing. I have integrity for my fellow soldiers. Is that amazing? You see, God wasn't going to let David cover it up. He loved him too much. Huh? He loves you that much, too. That's why he's not happy if you aren't living a life of integrity. Because it's harmful to you. And it doesn't give, give you the opportunity to have the open, awesome um, presence of an intimate relationship with God that he wants you to have. Amen? So then, um, that wasn't enough for David, so he, the next night, decides, I know, I can get him to go home. I just get him drunk, because when you drink alcohol, that lowers your moral, your level of moral integrity, and he'll just wander home lustfully. He tried it, guess what? He found Uriah sleeping inside 
the king's house in the morning. And he never went home. You see, God is determined not to let us live a life that isn't a life of integrity. Amen? Do you see that? I mean, some of us can say, well, that's just David's failure. But you fail to see that, no, that's God's desire for us not to get away with things that would be destructive to us or interfere in our relationship with him. So good. It is. And then, by the way, David completed the sin by sending Uriah back to the, back to the front with a note from him that said to Joab, his commander, let Uriah go to the front of the attack on the city, and when he is there exposed, pull the army back and let him be destroyed. And Uriah took that note, his death certificate, and walked it back to the, or ran it back to the, the commander without ever opening it or reading it, and actually gave his life because of it. You see what integrity? You know what? Uriah is mentioned as a, a man who's with God. Amen? And David, in Psalm 32, writes these words. Oh, how blessed is the man whose sin is forgiven. Oh, how blessed is the man in, whom, who, in whose heart there is no deceit. And then he goes on and he describes how, what it was like when he was lost in the sinful state, how there was like a blanket between he and God, and he had no peace in his heart, and he had no sense of God's anointed presence in his life. And then it says, but then I saw what I had done, and I repented, and I came to you, and I pled with you for mercy, and you forgave me all my sins. Amen? I mean, I'll tell you, that's an awesome psalm. But I want us to close with Psalm 15. And if you have your Bible and and want to turn there, I just want you to hear God's word to you with regard to how to be intimate with him, how to know his abiding presence, and how to have the uh, power from God to live a life of integrity. Psalm 15 has these words. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? I'm sorry, I heard pages still turning. I'll wait. Amen? Here you go. I'm reading from the NIV. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor. That's what I was talking about, relationships. Who causes no slur on others, or casts no slur on others who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent, who does these things will never be shaken. Amen? Now, what I want you to realize is, you see, integrity is not God up here going... I want you to be a person of integrity or, or I'm going to be just so mad. No. God's saying, I want to be intimate with you. I want you to know my intimate love and presence. And I want you to be a shining example of my character in a world that has lost the compass of integrity. I want you to be my witnesses. 
and to bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Well, it's tax time. (laughs) Yeah, that's the time of the year most of us love. But why not be a people of integrity? Amen? Why not let God bless you for being honest? Why not God, let God bless you for telling the truth? Why not know that you have an open, intimate invitation from him to do it in his strength and in his power? Amen? I hope you want to be old school here. Amen? Let's get back to a place where integrity has its rightful place in our heart, in our mind, and in our practice. Amen? All right. Well, let's bow. Will you stand? By the way, God restored David. But I want to warn people with this because I've actually heard this said as a pastor over the years. Oh, I just sinned the sin of David, but he forgave him. Do you know what the consequences of David's sin was? The child that he conceived with Bathsheba died before it was even a year old. The sword never left David's house. One of the brothers killed another. One brother raped his, his stepsister. I mean... One, one son tried to steal the throne from David and ended up being killed. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, sin has consequences. Amen? And as much as God loved David, David's sin didn't end up being without consequence. However, when he repented, God was delighted and calls him a man after his own heart. All right? He says this, the, I only have one thing against David, and you know what it is, Bathsheba and Uriah. Let's be people who don't have to come to that place where God has, I have this against them. All right? Let's be a people who said, I'm after God's heart. <laughs> I'm a person after God's heart, and I want God's heart to be my heart, a heart of integrity. All right, Father God, I just thank you in Jesus' name. I thank you that you're, you're not afraid to confront us with even things that in this society are difficult. I pray for honesty to become the watchword of your sons and daughters, even when it hurts to tell the truth. God, I pray for you to bless us, with the kind of blessing that you delight to pour out on your children, spirit, soul, and body, every part of our being and every aspect of our life. And God, one of the keys to that is to be a person of integrity. So I pray for the Holy Spirit to lead us into truth, to guide us into truth, and to give us the courage to live according to the truth. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. There are people up here to pray for